Hi, and welcome to the Essential Tennis Podcast, your place for free, experts, tennis instruction that can truly help you improve your game. Welcome to episode number 208 of the Essential Tennis Podcast. I want to give a special welcome to those of you that just signed up for my podcast alerts list. This is something I just did yesterday, and quite a few people have already signed up for it. I, I was honestly only expecting one or maybe 200 people to sign up for my main uh, email list, but over 500 people have signed up. These are people that have said, yeah, let me know when a new podcast episode comes out. I want to keep up with it. So I'm really happy about that. So special welcome to you if you've just signed up for that. And if you haven't signed up yet and you'd like to, and that just simply means getting an email from me every time I put out a new episode and, and nothing else, then you can go to EssentialTennis.com slash podcast alerts. That's podcast alerts. So go check that out. All right, let's go ahead and get to today's topic all about dominating pushers. That'd be nice, wouldn't it? Sit back, relax, and get ready for some great tennis instruction. All right, so today's episode idea comes to us from Fernando in Brazil. Fernando wrote to me and said, Hi Ian, I have all the strokes and a game that is based on consistency rather than power. Usually I work on the point until there's a clear chance to attack. I'm very comfortable if my opponent has a little more power with less consistency and less fitness than I have. However, if my opponent has less power than me and returns every ball, then I'm in trouble. After listening to podcast number 181, I know that I need to consistently attack the slow balls from my opponents. What are the drills that can help me developing this capability? I try to stay relaxed, but in the competition, in competitions, I get tight. This impacts much more than my forehand. I'm sorry. This impacts much more my forehand than my backhand, but also troubles my serve and my neck game. And then he gave a couple examples of specific point situations where this occurs for him. Some ex examples of plays I need help de developing are returning of a pushed second serve. So a weak second serve and he's hitting a return of serve. Number two, rally of many deep and high pushed balls in a row. Number three, a normal rally ball followed by a short and high pushed ball. So kind of a sitter, short. Next, a wide ball to my backhand follow followed by a low slice to my forehand. Deep and high ball to my backhand, followed by my opponent running up to the net. And lastly, I approach the net and my opponent lobs or passes me. Thanks in advance. Fernando in Brazil. Well, Fernando, I, I want to start off by first of all saying that it's great that you've listened to podcast number 181 already. If you go to EssentialTennis.com slash podcast and scroll down a little bit uh, on the right side you'll see podcast categories and there's all kinds of different main categories that i've covered over the years doing the podcast and the fourth one down is beating pushers and you'll see seven episodes there that talk about beating pushers now pusher is kind of a generic term and something that definitely has a very negative connotation to it for most <laughs> tennis players and you know, in case you're not familiar with that term, a pusher is simply somebody who does not put much pace on the ball. They don't really have much offense. They're not able to hit the ball very aggressively. However, they're very, very good at just simply putting the ball back in play. It might might not be a very good, 
the quote-unquote good shot, but it goes in play. Usually a kind of a weak sitting shot in the middle of the court over and over and over again. And this type of player gives recreational players a lot of problems up until a certain level of play, usually on up until about 4.0-ish. Once you get to 4.5 and above, this type of player is not much of an issue anymore because that level of player has the weapons necessary to put this type of player away without a whole whole um, whole bunch of trouble. But up until that level, it's very, very difficult because you need to be able to apply pressure consistently. And that's what Fernando was talking about, uh, referring to episode number 181, right, where I talk about that. Now, I, I'm very happy to continue covering this topic because it's a very important one, but do do go back and listen to those previous episodes as well where I talk about this. Now, in today's episode, I'm going to be covering three different areas that are necessary to defeat this type of player. Number one is technique, number two is confidence, and number three is match confidence. So let's start off with, with technique. There's four different things that need to be present in order to be able to put this type of player away. Number one is length of swing. Now, I'm really, I really have in mind mostly ground strokes for this entire technique section because that's really what's most needed. I mean, yes, a, a good net game would be very helpful. A good serve would be very helpful. But really, the, the fact of the matter is ground strokes is what most of the pressure falls onto when it comes to beating a pusher or somebody that's just very consistent and just gets the ball back in over and over and over again with very little pace. You need confident, aggressive, repeatable ground strokes. Both forehand and backhand side would be great, but you need at least one or the other to be able to apply pressure consistently. So the first technique element that's necessary in order to be able to do that is length of swing. And that means the from the beginning of your swing, taking the racket back on through the end of your follow-through, we need to have good length. If you have a short swing on your forehand and or backhand side, then being able to create an aggressive pressuring shot is going to be next to impossible. Uh, it's not impossible, but it's very hard. And you're going to be very limited by the amount of pace and spin that you're able to impart on the ball. So length of swing is crucial. Number two is fluidity of swing. You need to be able to maintain a relaxed, loose body. And I mean every part of the body. If the entire body is not working together smoothly and relaxed, then being able to create racket head speed is very, very difficult. It's still possible, but it's way more work than it needs than it should be. And even with all that effort that you're putting into it, you're still not going to get a whole lot out. So staying relaxed is crucial. And Fernando mentioned this that I, I talked about it in episode 181. It's a it's something that I will I will always talk about when it comes to recreational players trying to get better at tennis, and especially on a swing like a forehand or a backhand ground stroke or a serve, the length of swing and the the fluidity that you're able to swing through that full length is absolutely essential. It has to be there. Now, after those two things comes speed of swing. And those those first two lead up to this. Now, just because you have a 
a long swing and it's relaxed doesn't necessarily mean that it's fast. In fact, you should be able to swing through a forehand or a backhand smoothly and fluidly and be able to do it at a slow, relaxed pace. But moving forwards and learning how to be an aggressive player and learning how to attack, speed of swing is necessary. And without speed of swing, we can't have pace on the ball. We can't have spin on the ball. So you, it's it's important to be able to combine all three of those elements, length, fluid, fluidity, and speed. And a lot of times people can do the first two, uh, length and fluidity, up to a certain speed. But, but when they try to accelerate the racket, they lose both. They get tighter the faster they try to swing. And that's that totally destroys your ability to create racket head speed. Uh, number four, the last one here under technique, is direction of swing. Now, in order to hit an aggressive ball off the ground, you may think that it's all about hitting through the ball. And that's an important part of it because ultimately that's what gives the ball speed. However, if you want to be able to hit the ball aggressively while maintaining consistency, then it's vital to be able to put topspin on the ball. You need to be able to impart some topspin so that the path of the ball is curved, it has some arc to it, and the ball wants to come back down into the court. If you hit a very flat, straight, lateral shot forwards towards your target, you'll be able to put a lot of pace on the ball, but it's going to be very difficult to maintain consistency. So when I say direction of swing, I'm talking about the ability to make contact while the racket is traveling upwards. Yes, forwards, but upwards is vital because without the, without the racket traveling upwards as contact is made, there will not be topspin. And without topspin, you are limited to how aggressive you can be while still keeping the ball in play consistent, consistently. So that's a relatively brief overview of technique. Again, the four main elements are length of swing, fluidity of swing, speed of swing, and direction of swing. And I, I gave just really quick overview of what's necessary in all four of those areas. I, I've done whole podcasts um, just on those elements. So, uh, I'm not going to go into more detail than that right now because I want to get to the confidence part, which is, uh, I, I want to say it's just as important as technique. I mean, the reality is, you know, your confidence doesn't really make a whole lot of difference without the technique there. So it, I, I'm not going to say it's as important as confidence, but you could have the best technique in the world but if you don't have the confidence to actually use it, then it doesn't do you a whole lot, whole lot of good, right? So this is obviously vital to your success as well. And we're going to talk about two different types of confidence, regular confidence <laughs> and match confidence. So let's just talk about regular, quote unquote, regular confidence uh, first. How, how do you build confidence? Once you understand the technique elements, how do you build the confidence that you can do it? Well, it's all about repetitions period. I know that sounds boring and possibly obvious, but without repetition, you cannot have confidence. You might be able to fake some confidence that you can do it. If you've know, if you only hit a big forehand like three times in your life, <laughs> you might be able to kind of talk yourself into it that, oh yeah, I got that shot. But really, without quite a bit of repetition, uh, true confidence that I can hit this shot and I can do it consistently. And when it really matters, I can come through. You're not really going to have that confidence there. And as Fernando alluded to in his question, 
without the confidence to do it and to do it relaxed, you know, being able to be relaxed is honestly, it's all about confidence. Once you learn how to do it physically, it's all about confidence in the end because everybody knows what this, what this feels like, you know, it's game point or set point or match point, And you get that easy sitter ball in the middle of the court, a shot that you've maybe you've made many, many times already in the match, but you approach this shot knowing in the back of your mind that it's a do or die moment and you get tight and things tense up physically and without confidence to be able to do it consistently, that tension will continue to come back in important situations. So repetitions are necessary to really build that confidence in the back of your mind so that you know, I've, I've done this literally a thousand times. I know I can do it and I'm just going to pull the trigger. I'm just going to hit the shot. And there's no question whether or not you can do it because you've done it so many times. It's really the, the only way to build true confidence. And at first, you have to be totally okay with missing. Experiment. Find out what works. Find out what doesn't. And this is really what's key for you right now, Fernando, is you need to get out there with a ball machine or with a friend just feeding you easy sitter shots in the middle of the court or a coach you know, feeding you if that's something that's available to you and, and it's an option. You know, um, Pay for a coach's time to, to feed you shots. Tell them, listen, I, I just need to work on this. And most tennis pros or coaches are very, very good at giving you a specific type of shot over and over again. But you need that repetition. And over time, as you experiment with the different technique elements I talked about, as you make mistakes, over time, start narrowing down the technique that works. And eventually, you want to be very, very picky. And you're looking for the ball to land in a, within a certain you know, area on the courts. You're looking for a certain amount of topspin. You're looking for the shot to have a certain shape. It's not flying one inch over the net and low and straight. There's a little bit of curve on it, at least. You've got some topspin on it. There's good pace. There's good depth, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So as you work your way through these practice repetitions, get picky eventually, but at first be totally fine with missing. And it's just all about the experience at first and just kind of giving yourself the freedom of just hitting the ball, being loose, being aggressive, having a nice, long, confident swing, and just do it over and over and over and over again. And over time, narrow it down to that ideal shot that you're looking to build confidence in. And eventually, you know, you're looking to make 8 out of 10, 7, 8, 9 out of 10 with a confident, long, fluid swing that has all the elements that we've discussed up until now. So that's confidence, and that's vital. You need to do that first. Technique comes, uh, I'm sorry, second. (laughs) Technique comes first. You got to have the technique. Number two is confidence. You got to build confidence in that technique through repetition and through practice. And now number three is match match confidence. And this is a completely different skill. And I have skill in quotations in my notes because, you know, most people don't really think that confidence is a skill, but it is because it's something that is, that is learned that individuals can teach themselves to have. And it's not something that you're born with, believe it or not. Somebody's not born a confident person or born a confident tennis player. It's something that you have to develop. And it's one thing to know that you can do it. That's the confidence part. Okay, you went out with your practice partner. Okay, you went out with the pro. You went out with the ball machine. 
and you did it X number of times. So you've literally made a thousand of them and you know that you can do it. But it's completely different to know that you can do it when it counts. When it is game points or set point and match point and it's, you know, it's, it's do or die time. It's totally different to know that you can do it at that moment in time. And just like with regular, quote unquote, regular confidence, it's all about repetition, but repetition while, while you're in that scenario, there's no way around it. You have to put yourself in that situation where this is it. We got, I got to do it right now. If I don't do it, I lose. If I do it, I win. That's it. <laughs> and some of you, while listening to be listening to, to me describe that, some of you naturally kind of shy away and you think, oh man, I, I don't want to be in that. That makes me nervous and that makes me uncomfortable. I don't want to be in that situation. Others of you, while listening to me describe that, you, you, you kind of rise to the challenge mentally and you think, yeah, I, I want to be that person in that situation that it's do or die. I, I have to do it. This is it. I make it. I win. I'm the hero. If I miss it, I lose and I go home the loser. <laughs> that sounds a little harsh, but we all know that that's what it comes down to sometimes. And you either are going to be excited by that and you're going to rise to the challenge or you're going to shrink away and you're going to be tentative and that's obviously not what you want. So, so how do you build that match confidence? You put yourself in that situation again and again and again and again and force yourself to do your best performing. And just like I described in the regular confidence at first, at, at first be okay with missing. And this is really the key. Be okay with missing at first. And so what I recommend for you, Fernando, after you have worked on the technique and after you in a practice situation have worked on your regular quote unquote regular confidence, start working on your match confidence and do that by calling up the weakest, most consistent player that you know and go out there and do a match with that person over and over and over again. And at first, be okay with beating yourself. And by beating yourself, I mean making a confident swing every time that he or she gives you the opportunity. And you might miss a whole lot at first. But be, be very picky and be sure that you're, you have a full length of swing. You're fluid. You're loose. It, um, there's good speed to the swing and good direction of swing. And you might miss every time that you try it the first couple times that you play a match against this person. And you really commit to making that confident swing. You might totally beat yourself the first couple matches, but over time, as you get more experience and you get more confidence and you start believing in yourself more and more that you can do it as you, you, know, you have a couple successes here and there, at first, uh, at first it might be frustrating to beat yourself, but keep going back to that player. Keep getting that match uh, situation where you're specifically putting yourself in that scenario where you have to make the shot when it's weak and you know that it's kind of do or die. Beat yourself at first if necessary, but commit to the swing and do it. And over time, you'll build that match confidence up and you'll learn how to do it when it really counts and you'll know that you can do it. But the, the mistake that most players make is they miss the first one and then they, they shrink and they, they, shy, they, you know, they, they run the next time. And I don't mean run like the run away from the ball but the the next time that they get that shot in that situation they remember their failure on the last one and they say oh well I can't do that again and they go right back to just playing it safe 
They play it safe, they approach the net, and they get passed or they get, they get lobbed because they didn't challenge their opponent the way that they could have if they were confident enough to make the swing that they know is possible. Hopefully that makes sense. <laughs> so a quick review here. The three areas that are necessary to be able to dominate a pusher is number one, technique. Number two, regular confidence. And number three, match confidence. Without all three of those areas, this type of player will always give you problems. I promise you that. And this is so big for so many of you listening to me right now. If you're a 3-0 to 3-5 player or, or below, you know, especially, and you're listening to me, sooner or later, if you want to continue improving, this is necessary. You need to be able to start developing weapons that you can use consistently and over and over again. And if you can't do that, then this type of player, the pusher type of player, will always give you problems because you won't have the offense necessary to put this type of player away. So, Fernando, hopefully this is helpful. And I get out there, take my advice, put in those practice reps, both in just kind of regular practice and also in competition. If you have any further questions about any of this, please feel free to let me know. Best of luck to you. And thank you so much for being a listener down in Brazil. All right, that does it for episode number 208 of the Essential Tennis Podcast. Thank you so much for listening today. As always, if you've taken the time to, to sit and listen to what I have to say, I really appreciate that very much. I do not take that for granted. And I, I hope that... What you've uh, heard today has been helpful. You're able to go out and take action on the advice that I've given today, and it really does make a difference in your game. That's always my goal with this show is to help you improve. Now, that sounds simple, but it really is my main motivation, and I hope that it happens uh, for you. If you enjoyed the show, do me a favor and leave a review on the iTunes Music Store. iTunes is definitely the best place to subscribe and and just kind of get the show on a regular basis. Um, you can also subscribe to my email updates at EssentialTennis.com slash podcast alerts. So with that, thanks again for listening. Take care and good luck with your tennis. Tennis.